James. Buenos dias, my friend. Buenos dias. This is our first remote down round. We've always been in person, even during COVID, when this podcast didn't exist. That's correct, yeah. Even during COVID. We didn't abide by COVID restrictions. And why would we? No. You're on your honeymoon. And so a bit of inside baseball. You're on your honeymoon in, where are you? I'm in Mexico. I'm in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, sitting in a resort. But we have planned out so elegantly to having two extremely low effort episodes for for you to listen to while I was gone. They're not low effort. Sorry. Because we're going to post them eventually. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We had two beautiful episodes for you to listen to. Uh, in my absence, yeah. and it's almost as if I was never, never gone. But unfortunately, the biggest tech story in the past like two or three years happened literally the, while on the way to the airport. I've gone as well. I'm I'm in Guam. You're in Guam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're both in Latin America, engaging with a local population. We're supposed to be on the ground for the Argentinian elections, uh, but unfortunately, we were <laughs> we were dragged away. To, to talk about open AI. But we thought we couldn't really leave it, so I'm here talking to you on my own damn honeymoon. So you better appreciate yeah. what's coming down the pipe. Thank you, James. Okay. Yeah, as you say, it would have been pretty weird if, like, <laughs> this had all happened. Everyone knows that, and if you don't know that the CEO of OpenAI, the most kind of successful, explosive tech company to uh, be founded in the last few years has been fired. It would be pretty weird if we came out with like top 10 richest dudes of all time. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm not saying it's a bad episode. I think we've got some red hot stuff coming out of the butt, but it's not timely. Uh, and it, it's definitely, it's treading water as, an, as far as episodes go. Okay, what happened? What do we do? Let's start. From the beginning. So the beginning. It came straight off the presses, shocking everyone. Uh, keeping in mind that, you know, we just did an open AI episode last week or the week before yeah. about their developer day. We were going off about, you know, how interesting it was that they were seemingly really leaning in hard to be a consumer tech company. Yeah, and commercialization as well. You know, it was prescient in a way. It was a down round dub, I would say. Uh, yeah. above all. So we just come off this, OpenAI is one of, the, as we've talked about time and time again, one of the hottest tech companies on earth, one of the movers and shakers right now, and certainly the one that's sort of occupying the most attention while everything else is sort of still in a bit of a slump and everyone's trying to figure out what's going on in the tech world and the startup world. OpenAI have been sort of kicking goals and attracting lots of investor attention and consumer attention. Also, like importantly, they set off the AI freakout. Right, like it's in every boardroom, every C-suite in the world. With ChatGPT, yep. Yeah, every conference has an AI section regardless of what industry it is. ChatGPT basically kicked that off. We had the image stuff like a few months before, which is like, oh, this is kind of novel and weird. But realistically, ChatGPT set the whole thing off. That's right. So coming off that baseline, the other day, just before the weekend, well, just before the weekend American time on Friday, Sorry, I'm on Mexican time, folks. You might have heard I'm in Mexico. It was just suddenly announced that Sam Altman, the guy that had taken them from being a a research company to this giant consumer business that was emerging, had been fired as OpenAI CEO. So before we progress, I think it's worth relitigating a little bit what OpenAI actually is. 
And I don't just mean mm. like they're the makers of ChatGPT because everyone knows that. But we've got to talk some corporate governance, right? We're let's talk corporate governance. Let's talk boards. As a reminder, OpenAI was founded by a bunch of guys, including Sam Altman, but also including Elon Musk, a handful of other people, tech luminaries. And the whole point it was started was as a nonprofit with the intention of safely developing AI. So the entire purpose of the company from the ground up was AI is very dangerous. It's a dangerous Mm. thing that could cause untold damage to humanity. We've done like our AI doom episode. We've explained all the, the doomsayers that have talked about AI. It could be the end of humanity as we know it. OpenAI came from that sort of tendency, right? Where it's like AI could kill us all, so we're going to develop it smartly and intelligently. It was a nonprofit, and it explicitly had the purpose that a for-profit company that was building consumer products would not be able to do this intelligently or do this in like a smart, considered, reasonable way. So the entire purpose of the company or the foundation or the nonprofit or whatever you want to call it was to resolve this. I guess it's worth noting that that was probably, in some ways, is also kind of a pitch for employees, for people who want to work there, right? Because you had, I mean, even well before ChatGPT or whatever, an example of this, OpenAI was around at the time, but, you know, the Google employee who freaked out and said AI had become sentient within Google because, like, he asked it, do you feel pain? And it's like, absolutely, I feel pain. (laughs) You know, there are people like this working at organizations like, I'm sure, Google, Salesforce, Uber, whatever, who had these fears about like the power of what they're creating, that they could kind of lure, you know, these these great AI minds to work at OpenAI. And I, I do believe that they probably did have some belief in the corporate structure and it feels cool in a sci-fi way or whatever to be like, we're the safety people. Yeah. I mean, it certainly seemed to work. They were able to lure some of the best talent. Yeah. We have mentioned a few times, it's a weird structure. We, we tend to say that a lot. It's got this weird structure with the Microsoft thing and it's weird. But yeah. now I guess that weirdness has come to the forefront. Totally. So the weird, it should have been evident and we've kind of like alluded to it in the past, but like in short, this structure was always going to cause phenomenal problems. So basically what happened before we drill it down to what actually went down is that to raise money, we talked about in the past that Elon Musk pulled out that created a situation where OpenAI had like a, a substantial hole in its budget. They needed to raise a bunch of money. They ended up going to Microsoft. But in order to solicit investment and become an enterprise that could actually take a bunch of corporate money uh, or VC money, they had to build a for-profit subsidiary, which they did. So it's still the overarching nonprofit structure, but within that nonprofit, they built a for-profit subsidiary. And to make it kind of like live up to the nonprofit goals, it had like a it was like a capped profit subsidiary. So yes, it's for profit, but it can only make so much money as a proportion yeah. of like you know whatever it's doing. All the rest has to be reinvested into research and development, blah, research blah, blah, and development, right? pushing forward the overarching not-for-profit goal. That's right. If you if you're thinking to yourself that sounds like a really precarious and weird situation, your assumption is correct. That doesn't actually work, and this is one of the reasons. Uh, why it doesn't work because at the end of the day the people that were the board the board of open ai was not a traditional corporate board i think we should probably touch on what a traditional corporate board is just for people not in, in the know oh mate you're the expert please lay it out lay it out yeah if anyone wants some uh, board consultancy i'm your man um <laughs> just bad no um <laughs> typically say a, a public company the same is true of large privates directors on the board of directors are ultimately in charge of picking the CEO. A director will typically meet in Australia once a month. Directors come together. They have a top level, noses in, fingers out 
view of, of an organization. They're not management, right? They're not managing the day-to-day. The CEO is, is always part, is a director on the board, but you have independent directors that are not managing the day-to-day aspect of the company. And their number one fiduciary duty legally is to the shareholders. They represent the shareholders effectively. It's got shareholder primacy. So they make sure that the CEO and the executive and the company is doing what it can to make money for the shareholder. Yep. This differs in a, in a not-for-profit. The goal of a not-for-profit board is to ensure that the organization is like fulfilling its core purpose. So it's like maintaining what its original purpose is to do. It's, it's completely different. It's not trying to like maximize returns for shareholders. So what you had in this situation with OpenAI, and I know we're really like spinning the wheels on explaining what actually happened, but just to get you into the mindset of what went down, what it was was a board whose goal was to ensure the safe development of AI and ensure that we weren't going to build like a, a god that killed all of humanity. This is like what their mindset was, was managing what was essentially becoming a new like indice to like the fang world. Like when Sam Altman was building the new Facebook, was building the new Microsoft, was building the new Apple, the new whatever. And on top of it, you had four people whose goal was to make sure that no one was going to build like an evil god that destroyed humanity. That's how bizarre this kind of situation was. And as we've mentioned, and many people have mentioned multiple times, and we kind of just say it just jokingly, oh, well, I guess like the whole company has forgotten about that whole not-for-profit thing. Ha ha. Well, it's a for-profit company. Well, apparently that did create instability. <laughs> turns out they didn't forget, actually. <laughs> no, it turns out they didn't forget. Exactly. There are certain people within the organization that didn't forget. <laughs> Friday, he gets booted. And I think my and a lot of people's reaction immediately was like, because on the face of it, you have let's be honest, like an incredibly effective CEO here uh, yep. in that regardless of what you think of the bloke, you know, he's got some sus friggin' libertarian tendencies and a little bit of a creepy just vibe in general, let's be so frank. Sam Altman, just so you know what he did, in 2005 when he was 19, he founded Looped, which was like a location-based social media, social networking application. Mm-hmm. He did that for a while. Kind of like, like a four-squared clone thing, right? Like, yeah, totally. It got acquired for like 40 million bucks back in 2012. He was like the CEO of Reddit for like seven days at one point back in like 2014. He was also a big, a, he played a big role in Y Combinator, which is the startup accelerator. So he's a guy that's kind of always been around in Silicon Valley for the last little while, but then got sucked into OpenAI and became the CEO. This is like how he's really made his bones, but he's a guy that's he's been around for a while just to establish his yeah. kind of bona fides. Yeah, yeah, he's been rubbing shoulders with the big investors that we all know and love and made a bunch of money along the way. It's one of the criticisms of him is that his time at Y Combinator, he invested alongside Y Combinator in a lot of these early stage businesses and made a shitload of money. Basically used his time at, at Y Combinator to make himself filthy rich. He was more interested in investing his own money. That's a claim that is unverified, but he certainly made a lot of money on things like Dropbox, etc., which were Y Combinator companies in his time there that he invested in personally, which is yeah. fine to do. Like you can do that. Yeah, he's the man that turned OpenAI from like a research organization with like very sort of like nerdy sci-fi goals into the biggest and buzziest consumer tech company on earth. Yeah, yeah, 100 million users. As a CEO, he did that. Yeah, highly effective. You don't turn a company from nothing into a household name that quickly without the runs are on the board. It is what it is. Like he's obviously a highly effective CEO, at least in this instance, perhaps not in his, you know, or at Reddit, or maybe he was at Reddit. You never know. Who knows what you can do in seven days? (laughs) 
we can record a podcast from Guam. So Friday, though, when he got booted with this context of like, okay, you basically have the number one CEO in the world getting booted, the initial reaction, because I think everyone kind of like us, OpenAI is just, they're basically more concerned with profit now than any of this NFP stuff, was everyone just, well, not everyone, but the initial assumption was he's done something really bad. Yeah, no. It's a scandal. There's about to be a scandal about to blow. Because, you know, you don't just fire a CEO. It was a brutal press release. Like basically as open as a press release can possibly be in suggesting that someone has done something bad without saying it. Because, you know, a lot of the, a lot of statements from boards and in terms of corporate governments are very veiled. They don't often come out there and say things in really explicit terms about what happened. And it sounded like he'd done something mm. like terrible. My first assumption was there was some degree of like financial mismanagement that had gone on. Yeah, This is a company that is burning through an absurd amount of money, you know, for towards a goal. But my initial assumption was he's done something absolutely horrible in terms of like lying to Microsoft, lying to the board about just how much money the company is burning through. That was kind of my assumption. Yeah, something like that. Or like the other important thing to note is he doesn't have any equity in OpenAI. His net worth, other than his clout, I suppose, has risen significantly, but he he doesn't have any equity in OpenAI, i.e. he's not making any money other than whatever his salary is. And I don't actually think he's even taking a salary. So my initial reaction was that maybe he'd been playing silly buggers with some kind of entity or kickback, got himself exposure to it in some some way maybe, and that was the impropriety that it's occurred here. And, you know, there was a bunch of rumours about sex stuff, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, you, you got to... Sp- but, you know, someone's got to speculate sex it's, stuff, right? <laughs> you've got it. You've got it. You know, the language that was used in, like, the press release from the OpenAI board was that he hadn't been entirely forthcoming with the board, which, again, yeah. is one of those things. When I read that, I was like, it does not shock me that this guy who wants to create the next Microsoft is not being completely transparent with like the council of dweebs who are doing like AI safety stuff. Um, He just released a fucking app store, which is as far from what this original goal of this platform was meant to be or this company was meant to be. So like, it does not shock me that this guy who sees himself as Steve Jobs and not as like a guy sitting in a a lab thinking about super intelligences could possibly come. So at this point, I think it's worth articulating who the OpenAI board is because, again, as as we said, it's not a traditional corporate board, as you imagine. Uh, it's a, got a real interesting cast of characters on it, one of whom in particular is is a key player. Before all this went down, there were six people on the board. Three of them were within OpenAI and three were independent uh, board members. You know, normally in a tech company when you have especially like a startup or one that's a hyper-growth company or whatever, the people that you have on the board aside from internal uh, like this, the founder and what have you, tend to be like investors, right? This was not investors and the, the external board members were not people that had invested money in OpenAI. There was no Microsoft seat on the board despite the fact they had invested a bunch of money. This is key, but also comes back to the fact that it's a non-profit. So the three members were Sam Altman, Greg Brockman, who was the chairman and president of OpenAI, Ilya Sitskeva, who is the chief scientist of OpenAI, very key player who we'll talk about in a second. And also, as many people have kind of argued and talked about over the past couple of days, probably the most like technically important person to what OpenAI has done. So he's the guy who is like the brain behind GPT-4 or, or ChatGPT. He's like the engineer who's made all this stuff happen. And he ended up being one of like the instigating people of this sort of uh, revolt, which knocks Sam mm. out. 
And then the other three people, Adam D'Angelo, Tash McCauley, and Helen Toner. Adam D'Angelo is the CEO of Quora. This was like a big shock for a lot of people to see that this guy was like super involved. Quora, you may realize, you may know as like that question and answer website, which is like probably the second or third most effective SEO spam website on earth. It's right at the top of your Google results when you search for anything, normally with a bunch of crap. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to navigate. Terrible to navigate. They also have their own AI, like GPT wrapper or AI wrapper platform called Poe, a service you can pay for, which gives you access to all the LLMs that are out there in the world. You may argue that gives him like a really, he's really connected to the success of the GPT product, the open AI commercial side. And a lot of people brought that up as well. But the other two are basically academics involved with the effective altruism movement tangentially or directly these are people who essentially academics which you would expect mm. for this kind of non-profit board right they're the people that sit around yeah. and think about ai safety they're definitely representatives of the ai safety universe anyway so these this is your open ai board that's the board but for quorum for like board to effectively pass a motion or, or make something happen you probably only need three or four people to agree to it, probably four in this case. Brockman, who was one of the co-founders and the chair, it seems was not part of the coup here because he was told and immediately stepped down as chair and from the board. Yeah, and tweeted about it. He was quitting. He was walking away. Sam obviously wasn't part of it. He was just kind of told and the press release was put out. He learned just ahead of time that he was being sacked. So it's it's the remaining people. You've essentially got the Quora yeah. guy, you've got the couple of AI safety types, and you've got Ilya, who is the chief scientist. The chief scientist. Now. The three independent directors and Ilya, the chief scientist. And yeah, as it turns out, there doesn't seem to be any sexual impropriety. <laughs> doesn't even really seem to be... The board has not actually released a statement about exactly why it's happened as yet. As yet. Obviously, so- this is a quickly developing situation. We're still in the fog of war here, folks. <laughs> Yeah, to be clear, something may come out before this episode comes. We're recording this on Tuesday Australian time. So if, if something happens after then, we apologize. But So they haven't said anything. So everything that we've picked up has come from like third-party reporting, and even that has been kind of vague. But the, the takeaway as to why this happened comes back to the purpose of the nonprofit and the sense that the board thought that Sam was moving too quickly, wasn't thinking about AI safety, was trying to turn OpenAI into a giant commercial enterprise, maybe wasn't being entirely forthcoming mm. with the board. In particular, probably not being forthcoming about these rumours that we hear about like him talking with SoftBank about raising money for a hardware device with Johnny Ives and then some kind of graphics card to compete with NVIDIA. This kind of stuff seems to be potentially what they were referring to when they were like not being forthcoming about certain plans and blah, blah, blah. That's unconfirmed, but that's kind of the speculation at this stage. Yeah. Whatever it was, the suggestion was that the board was being kept out of the loop and Sam was moving really quickly and not in line with OpenAI's goals of like safe AI development. Um, that, you know, he was yeah. an accelerationist. This is the thing, you know, we can get into this, but it's quickly slipped into this like highly, highly annoying online discourse about accelerationists and decelerationists. This goes back to our AI Doom episode. In a few yeah, well, ones. it's literally come back. This is why we do these for you folks. This is why culture is part of the title of this podcast. It's business tech and culture because it's turning into like literally effective accelerationists versus effective altruists. Two of these groups, these annoying fucking groups. Two of the most that annoying we brought up multiple times before. Have suddenly 
become important. And I hate I hate to see it happen. <laughs> I do. I hate to see it happen. That's kind of like the popular narrative that's out there. It may be true, but it's the idea that these board members are like, no, you're going too quickly. You're innovating too much. ChatGPT is too yeah. cool. You need to slow yeah. down versus Sam Altman is trying to change the world and become the next Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems pretty clear that basically Sam's vision for the organization is for it to be, yeah, another, a, a big business, a big company. Like regardless of kind of how that comes about, it'll like he wants it to be a big company. He hasn't said it explicitly, but you would have to assume that Sam would think that the whole nonprofit structure was highly, highly irritating and not conducive mm-hmm. to what he wanted to do with with the business. The fact that he had to deal with some independent board members who were essentially academics and not interested in shareholder, maximizing shareholder value, blah, 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 and were sort of like institutionally empowered to be like, are you going a little bit hard there, brother? Are you going a bit too quickly? Mm. Are you making too many cool products over there? <laughs> it's probably irritating to him to, in the extreme. Anyway, so they sacked him. That was shocking to everybody. And when I say everybody, I don't just mean the humble down-round listening punter. Yeah, not not just the down-round Discord. No, down, who were shocked. Let me put it out there. If you were a premium member, you would know. It was, it was going off. But also Microsoft, who found out, yeah, essentially seconds earlier before the announcement came out that the CEO of their biggest partner they've essentially bet the farm on was being sacked. You know, this might have been a Satya Nadella seeing his like life flash before his eyes moment. That would have been very swift because let's be frank, I've said it before, Satya Nadella is a killer. And so whilst for a second, he, I think that he probably would have gone through almost the seven stages of grieving briefly with just fury at the fact that a huge call like this had been made without his input, he would have immediately gone into Microsoft killer brain mode and gone, how do we turn this into a Microsoft dub? And I don't want to spoiler alert. I'm going to spoiler alert the future, but I think whatever happens, Microsoft is going to end up with a huge dub regardless of, regardless yeah. of what happens in the future. But this also speaks to like how poor this execution was. Like sack the CEO, don't tell anyone and have no kind of comms to further back it up. You know, the other massive group who were um, massively shocked by it obviously were their employees. Yeah, the employees were shocked. Obviously, like it, it does seem like Sam has created an organization that's like fanatically loyal to him. Because it's also worth mentioning that most of the people that work at OpenAI, there's a bit over 700 employees the majority of them started working in the past year. So they've come in not as AI safety researchers. They've come in as like commercial no. product engineers. Well, I, I'm sure they also have an ESOP. Like they have probably oh, that's some also that. share options. Yeah. yeah. And like the business has gone from being worth, you know, a billion to 13 billion to 86 billion. And so if you joined a year ago, as well as your insane salary that you're probably on, you've probably just seen your personal net worth like go up 50x you know what i mean like totally. he's just yeah, turned yeah. you into it on paper like worth tens of millions i'd say the reaction we're going to talk about could also be interpreted in the sense that they could be losing their theoretical giant mansion on the florida keys or whatever it is they were trying to do everyone learned at the same time complete as you said complete shock you probably saw the headlines and were like oh my god this is crazy the boys on down are always talking about this company wow and now i see it in the headlines News came out sort of piecemeal, which seemed to suggest that this is what was going on. Getting back to the guy that we mentioned earlier, Ilya Sitskeva, the um, chief scientist of OpenAI. Brutus. It's who Brutus. It, it, totally. The brain behind this. Because even though he's the guy behind, this is the guy that kind of complicates the whole story about 
acceleration, deceleration, whatever. He is one of the biggest brains in AI. He's one of the guys that's made this stuff happen. But he's also very much in the camp of we need to slow down and be thoughtful about this. Like he's definitely not. He may he's the reason ChatGPT exists, but he it seems like he was complaining the whole way along as it was repeatedly and increasingly commercialized. One thing I, I will I will raise at this point that's kind of worth thinking in terms of like the being charitable to the board or whatever it's like what did you think was kind of like the mechanism by which ai was going to be integrated into society because like the idea was we're going to start this company that's going to bring ai to the masses in a safe and friendly and nice way that doesn't cause problems but like you know this was all, all the people that were involved in it are tech industry people who are sort of like for want of a better word really immersed in global capitalism or whatever how did they think it was going to get to the masses if not in the form of like being productized right yeah and i guess this is probably the reason why they let chat gpt happen and just got more and more uneasy about it but it's like once you unleash this fucking beast of like putting software in people's hands via like a web app and like releasing subscriptions and blah blah blah, blah it's very hard to like slam the brakes on that i mean this is what they've done yeah. They've tried to slam the brakes. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I see exactly what you mean in that what is, you know, releasing AI safely? What does that look like if not what we've basically currently got? Yeah. You know, maybe there's some stuff that they're concerned about with regards to giving it access to the internet and, you know, the ability for it to – and maybe it's just a vibe thing. And I will also say, like, though, to give the board some dues, they are kind of doing their job. Yeah. If they think that – the business is not set up, like is not now taking into consideration AI safety and it is deploying products in an unsafe manner and the checks and balances aren't there because Sam is ignoring them or creating processes that are outside the bounds of, you know, what the constitution of the company states, then yeah, they are not profit. It doesn't matter that they've generated 100 million weekly users. I mean, in fact, that's probably like speaks against Sam. Like maybe that's moving too quick. Basically, all of the successes the company have had in some ways might be seen as like reckless behavior. So I guess they're doing their job by firing the CEO who they think is being reckless. I take your point that it's like what, you know, they should have kept it in beta for longer and had fewer, like uh, hard to know. I I also agree with you. It's kind of like the opposite argument to what you're talking about is essentially the nonprofit should not have has executed essentially its mission and its constitution because the product they were creating was really cool. And I think that's probably yeah. just in terms of like general global governance is probably not an amazing way to like operate. An organization being set up with like bylaws and rules to establish a certain purpose to just like do something else because the product is really cool is like... That's what I'm talking about, that contradiction yeah. that kind of we talk about where we just have been saying like, well, I guess everyone everyone's forgotten about that. Like these companies yeah. always set up to be like a not-for-profit, like for-good company, but like they just straight away commercialized and it's like, well, yeah, that contradiction couldn't exist, continue existing. I mean, totally. they could have like, presumably dissolved the constitution and like reformed the company if all of the board members were like aligned to that. But I guess if you're like involved as a director, as an AI safety person whose whole mission is that, you would be being reckless. Like people believe, they, a lot of people believe this AI safety stuff that that the singularity is coming to kill us all. That yep. the paperclips machine is going to like so suck out our souls, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They genuinely believe, and they might be right. Like I don't fucking know. I'm just some guy in Guam. <laughs>
Just a regular schmo in, in Guam. So they did their, they were doing their job. They boned him. Speculation was rife. The down round Discord is going off. Sachin Adela and the Microsoft are going like, what the shit is going on without us? How do we turn this into a dub? Why didn't we have a seat on the goddamn board? Why did this all this happen with us having no input? It does apparently explicitly state that any investment in the for-profit cap profit entity, that I, the, the entity that Microsoft invested in, should be seen more akin to a donation. Now, obviously, the vibe Microsoft was, doesn't was really not make that Microsoft donations. was. <laughs> they make donations through the, like, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And in that case, I think that maximizing adrenochrome value is probably more like that. More of their thing. De- decreasing African birth rates. <laughs> News was kind of circulating that there's lots of conflicting stories about what was going on. The story was that Sam, you know, within 24 hours of being fired, was thinking about a new enterprise, was thinking about starting a new business with Greg Brockman, the former like OpenAI president, and one of the brains behind ChatGPT is kind of like consumer interface. They were thinking about starting something new. There was stuff flying around like VCs prostrating themselves on Twitter being like, whatever these boys do, we're going to throw a squillion dollars at it. You know, very embarrassing to see, but good, good, good on them. Then it came out that Microsoft and other investors were pressuring OpenAI hard. You've got to bring these guys back. You've got to rehire them. Mm. Meanwhile, Satya Nadella was doing like the public-facing kind of thing where he was sort of like, we support our current existing relationship with OpenAI. The interim CEO was the former CTO, current OpenAI CTO was, was stepping in as the interim CEO. He was like, oh, I'm looking forward to working with her. But, you know, he was being very diplomatic, but... The reporting was that he was really pressuring OpenAI and the board to rehire him. Then it came out there were stories that the, the board had were trying to rehire him as well. They had realized their mistake or something. Then other stories came out that the board was looking for a different CEO. It was lots of like crossed wires and complications and weird overlaps and, and what have you about what was going on. A letter came out basically demanding by 5 p.m. Saturday American time or whatever is signed by 500 and something of the 750 employees saying, if you don't reinstate Sam and Brockman, we walk. There was the open letter, but there was also all of them posting like a concerted tweet storm. Like they all tw- tweeted the same message, mm. which was like open AI is nothing without its people. And the suggestion was that everyone who tweeted that is someone who would walk away if it collapsed. It's worth pointing out, again, not an AI scientist, but my understanding, and I had a good chat with a friend of mine who is, in order to kind of build one of these models, the actual like code base isn't that hard to reproduce or to replicate. As in like, if you walked away from Apple, it's very hard to write another operating system. That's going to take a shitload of time. Like the source code for that is huge. Whereas for the most part, the actual competitive advantage and the IP is in the heads of the talented people there and rebuilding it. Obviously, it takes a fuckload of money and a huge, you need your GPUs and you need the data to train it on. But the actual like secret source isn't something that would take, you know, years and years to recreate. It's in the heads of the people who work there um, and they would be able to build a similar one again, given, you know, they had the, the resources. Yeah. The limitation is obviously the amount of compute that goes in. Obviously, there is a bit of secret source on OpenAI in the sense that they are still undisputably the leader. You know, Anthropic is maybe the closest in terms of like actual capability of their model, Claude 2, but they are still behind OpenAI. 
So there's some secret sauce going on there, but also a lot of it comes down to like Microsoft provides all this absurd compute, plus the fact that their researchers seem to know what's going on. Well, that's the thing. And if those researchers leave, though, the researchers can, like the secret source goes with them in that's a way. That's right. So like, you know? they, like, exactly. So like they can, if they make a new startup and if Sam starts something new and walks away with a bunch of the open AI researchers, they'll be able to like lap the open AI guys, especially if the only people who are left at open AI are the ones who are most interested in like slowing down and just yeah. chilling out and trying to do something safe. Yeah, and they lose probably a bunch of access to like that Microsoft funds and computes. I'm sure that Microsoft will like they've signed certain contracts and they will kind of keep supporting it. Yeah. But you can bet your ass that that well will dry up pretty quick, and they'll Microsoft will follow their minimum commitments. Right? Yeah, there was a bunch of stuff floating around in the air about essentially you know different deadlines for Sam coming back to OpenAI. He posted a picture of himself with like a guest badge at the office, and it was like, is he coming back? Is he not? You know, what is going to happen here? And then it was announced that Microsoft have started a internal sort of like AI research company or like platform or group or whatever you want to call it and essentially was giving an open invitation for uh, just sorry, putting, putting Sam Altman in charge of it as CEO and then open invitation for anyone walking away from OpenAI because of this situation to stride straight straight in to work for Microsoft, which, as you said, sat in a dollar dub, Microsoft dub. And let's be honest, this sort of if this is what actually happens, and it's not completely set in stone about what's going on at the time of recording, but it's like this is just making OpenAI be what it really was in the purpose, like a, a Microsoft subsidiary that was inexplicably operating under the auspices of a non-profit organization. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. just what's happening. Yeah, yeah. It does seem like Sam is gone because the new CEO is, um, what's his name from Twitch? Um, Emmett Shear. Emmett Shear, who was, he was one of the founders of Twitch and is uh, was the previous CEO of Twitch. So Emmett, yeah, Emmett Shear was appointed as interim CEO by the board. The, the information reported not long before we recorded this that the OpenAI board actually approached the CEO of Anthropic about a merger between Anthropic and OpenAI, Jesus putting God. him as CEO, but he didn't want to do it. Anthropic was formed from the last time this happened, where a bunch of people at OpenAI decided that OpenAI was being too dangerous, so they went to do a safer one. So if you haven't used Claude, and I think Claude's very cool for certain tasks, but it is even more annoying than ChatGPT in terms of being like, verbosely being like oh i can't do that oh please don't yeah. make me do that oh. yeah i won't do that because that would hurt your learning that's what it said to me <laughs> it would hurt my learning uh, that's grim that's grim i decide what hurts my learning or not yeah so emma cheer who's the new uh, interim ceo of I mean, as you said twitch former boss as people are kind of uncovering from his old tweets, he is very much an AI safety guy. He thinks that it's going to be yeah. an evil computer that kills everyone. He thinks there's a 5 to 50% chance that AI kills us all. He's, all, he's also a reply guy to that Ayala girl. <laughs> which Enough know, said. It's, that's, a grim, that's a grim signal. We won't dwell on that too long. So basically the state of play is that it looks like Sam is running a group at Microsoft with a... And keep, Microsoft has access to like the the models and weights of GPT because it's been building on it. It's got a license to have access to uh, OpenAI and ChatGPT all models 
up until the point of AGI, AGI. up until the point of the singularity. I bought- they have a license in perpetuity to anything that OpenAI does in perpetuity. Uh, until, until it creates an AGI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And their CEO and all of their staff in a for-profit capacity in the interim. There are a couple of ways you could look at what's going on here. Either it is Satya Nadella just being like, don't start a new company yet. You can hit the ground running with us at Microsoft. And if you want to create another company in the, fu- in the future with Greg Brockman or whatever, you can go do that. But please just like stay within the Microsoft family for now. We'll give you everything you need. You can kind of pick up where you left off where you wouldn't be able to do that necessarily with your own company. Yeah, we'll give you unlimited compute and unlimited money, basically. Because, like, I mean, the one thing Microsoft have a shitload of is money. Like, I would guarantee you right now, Satan Nadella and, like, the Microsoft people are sitting down and hashing out, basically paying out all that outstanding equity stock from whatever the OpenAI engineers were owed. It's probably a huge chunk of change of what they expected from, like, the $88 billion secondary valuation. I assume right now the conversation is we will pay all of that if you guys just come work with us. And people have talked about like, you know, maybe this is a situation where Satyan is is grooming Sam as as a Microsoft CEO successor. This is what I was going to say. What's in it for Sam? You've got the world's hottest CEO. Why would he want to go? He's an entrepreneur, obviously. Why would he want to go and work for someone else? One massive reason is as we... (laughs) As we discussed in a forthcoming episode that did not come out today about the biggest companies in the world, there are two companies in the world that are super companies, and that is Microsoft and Apple when, we, when we're talking about $2 trillion plus valuation. If you want to be the CEO of a $2 trillion plus organization, they hire internally because the complexity of the organizations, i.e. Tim Apple, Satya Nadella, these are all people who've been company people for decades because you kind of have to be due to the complexity of the organization, the culture of the organization. They're very rarely just going to pull in some random. So if you want to be CEO of one of the biggest companies in the world, it takes 40 years to build one if you want to do it that way. Or he comes in, he basically would be in some role that's basically like VP of AI, the most exciting and future-focused like product and part of the business. It puts him at least on the tier that is next in line for the position of the big dog and being one of the most powerful people in the world, realistically. Yeah. So, that, I mean, like that, that is potentially... Because keeping in mind, before OpenAI sort of skyrocketed, his biggest claim to fame was, again, being he was being groomed as like the boss of Y Combinator and it didn't happen. And there's people bringing up, like, why didn't that happen? Did something go wrong there? He was, as I said, Reddit CEO for a matter of days or, like, less than a week, I believe. So, like, the idea of potentially being the boss of Microsoft, the CEO one day, would be a pretty juicy kind of carrot. We mentioned a few weeks ago, whilst OpenAI is super hot now and certainly is probably one of the more important companies, hence why we keep talking about them, the two paths forward, as we said, it, it was going to be very hard to become a super company. We were literally saying this like a couple of weeks ago. Like they're aware of this, that strategically not having their own devices, building a device from scratch very hard, blah, 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 blah. You know, the might of Microsoft with regards to the APIs is, got, is a hard hill to climb. Like why would you be a developer company? Point being, it's always got, it's going to be very hard for OpenAI to become a trillion dollar company. It's not yeah. impossible, but it was always going to be a hard needle to thread. All of a sudden, if he has access to all of the computer Microsoft while navigating the internal politics there, of course. And as you say, the golden carrot dangled out in front of him. Yeah, Not bad. No, not bad at all. And I think my prediction for this is that I think it's so hard to, it's really hard to articulate what, what might happen here because it's like ChatGPT is a phenomenally popular product, but 
It's yeah. kind of hard to see if all if literally like more than five hundred of the seven hundred odd OpenAI employees end up being hired by Microsoft and working with Sam in this new group. They can sort of like smoothly enter it. Presumably, they would build a ChatGPT, GPT five sort of competitor under the Microsoft umbrella. Like, what is left for Open? Out the gate, they can just fucking build a ChatGPT on the OpenAI AI. Yeah, exactly. Just rebuild the same friggin' product. But yeah, you're right. What happens to OpenAI? What happens to ChatGPT? Especially if, well, three things. A, already the, they have to keep friggin' turning it off. I hit the wall just yesterday on GPT 4, having to wait for like friggin' two hours because I went through too many tokens. If OpenAI does not have the access to funding, which they currently do, and they're not able to burn through as much cash, they'll probably friggin' turn it off. You know, or at least make that even worse. They're certainly not going to innovate in that space. They might turn it off for friggin' safety reasons because, like, they think that it could kill us all. So what's going to happen to OpenAI and ChatGPT if this is the path forward? I mean, it's dead. Yeah, it's potentially, which is, like, insane to think about. And also that, you know, that opens up the ground to, like, Google would obviously be very pleased about this. Amazon would be very pleased to hear about this. Other companies like Anthropic, Cohere, Facebook, or Meta would be very pleased to hear about this. Any sort of number of open source alternatives would be very pleased to hear this. Maybe the the new equilibrium is kind of like the same thing. It's just like less of a lie in the sense that it's like, all right, well, Microsoft, the commercial side of OpenAI was always just like a Microsoft subsidiary. That's just going to be the case now. And then the foundation can just be the, the AI safety stuff. And they still collaborate really deeply, I think is is the point. Because one of the things we didn't we didn't mention, which is also a big part of this, is that Ilya Sitskevi, who is the chief scientist, came out and tweeted, I didn't mean for any of this to happen, blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry. This is a shocking look. Terrible, <laughs> terrible look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you are inclined to be a conspiracy theorist and be like, this was someone at some level had planned all this to just like destroy the nonprofit restrictions that were holding them back. And like, I don't necessarily believe this, but I think you could definitely make the argument that like Sam and Ilya and like Satya Nadella had like conspired to break them free of these boundaries. I need evidence. Based on the evidence we have in front of us, I can see why you, how you could weave that narrative. Well, I don't, as I said, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for any of the parties involved. The people who are kind of running OpenAI may find that their work and their jobs are far less relevant, especially with a lot less money. But Sam Altman, who didn't have equity, now all of a sudden gets to be potentially be worth tens. He's already a billionaire, apparently, due to like investments, but he could enter the stratospheric class. He has that potential now because he'll actually have equity in whatever he's building. All of the employees who want the ESOPs and they just want to build like the coolest product ever or whatever, they get the benefit. Microsoft love it, like just insane free aqua hire for them you know they just get it the corporate structure is worked out yeah because apparently one of the rumors as well was when they were like trying to coax altman back into the business in that brief period where like he was in the building they were trying to work out a deal for him to get back part of the demands were basically like the board dissolves itself and we turn this basically just into a private business and we change the structure entirely and it just becomes a for-profit company and that was too much of a hard pill to swallow. And that's obviously what Microsoft were pushing for as well. And that's why the board kind of found the proposed for him to come back to be untenable as well as the fact that I guess it, they would all get fired. So it would no longer be required. So it'll probably kind of works out for the capitalists in them, which is, you know, as, as we said, it was always weird. It's it was, always it was, been friggin' weird to have a bunch of capitalists running an NFP. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, if it turns out that it just acts like an NFP now and... 
does like the AI safety stuff and potentially collaborates deeply with the Microsoft side and gets to be like the angel on the shoulder versus like the devil where it's like money. (laughs) This is the biggest company in the world. Maybe that works. At any point, like there's clearly, uh, I should stipulate, I think we both know this quite well. There's clearly a lot of like palace intrigue going on and a lot of like underhanded shit. Probably a lot of it is being hashed out in like Microsoft's legal department as like there are lots of like real deal brains trying to like do some Game of Thrones shit. But like the point is, is that one week ago, OpenAI was like the clear winner of the AI universe. Yes, there was a bunch of open source stuff coming up. They were being threatened. And as we talked about in our last episode about it, there was the suggestion that maybe AI development was slowing down a bit, which is why they were commercializing and turning into a product and trying to expand rather than develop insanely cool new models. But now, I wouldn't say it's a totally open field because I think that Sam's like venture with Microsoft has a pretty big leg up, but it's way more of an open field. Like anything can happen now. Mm. We could be talking about our next AI episode could be something insanely different happening because the floor has opened up. Yeah, obviously not a guarantee that all 550 of those people will just immediately plonk over to Microsoft because you can also guarantee that every single one of them is being offered the biggest checks you can ever, like big novelty size checks. Like, And we're talking like three and a half metre wide novelty checks and it's like whoa, whoa, every whoa, tech whoa, business whoa, 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 on the planet. Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Creating like weird sound wavy things totally. through the air at the yeah, size of the wobble, checks. Wobble, like a Rolf Harris wobble board, yeah. but without the implications. Like they, there are a few of them in the post right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, as I said, it's still fog of war. It could be sex stuff. Oh, it's got to be. At the end of the day, we've been talking for about an hour about this, but let's be honest, folks, it's probably sex stuff. Thank you so much for joining us on your honeymoon. That's right. No worries at all. Honestly, I say that on behalf of the listener, the girl listening to this, <laughs> and myself. Well, thank you. It's all and right. all the people of Guam. I just knew I had to I knew I had to jump on. I knew I had to. It was my life depended on it. Hey, Raph. Hey, James. Did you know that you can get an extra episode of Down Round every single week mm-hmm. on top of the one that you're already getting? Yeah, I knew that. Well, yeah, obviously you know, but the but, person is, I'm using you as a vessel to yeah, explain. Sorry, as I'm the listener. No, go on, tell me more, James. How a, much does it cost? A mere $7 a month, Raph. Okay, where do I go to find out more about this? You go to downround.net. Okay, I want it. Well, I'm sure you do. I feel like I'm missing out by not having it. Exactly. No ads. Second episode per week. And a few other little goodies that are coming down the pipeline as well. Head to downround.net. Downround.net. And sign up to Downround Premium.